ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 260 of the Drift Crashers Podcast. I'm your host as always, I'm Tyler, and joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gable. What's up, buddy? I am doing fantastic, Tyler. <laughs> like I was telling you before we started recording, I have been undergoing some forms of changes, and I've actually started to... Sorry. <laughs> I have started a training regimen. Now, what this training regimen curtails is I'm trying to prepare for a specific date where I'm going to be going all the way to Seattle, probably visit up with a few friends and stuff like that, and like uh, take this pirate cruise. So, until then, I decided to promise myself that I would start this sort of training regimen in order to get myself in better shape. So, it would start it off as a little bit here and there, just kind of evolved into this regimen now that I've been doing now for like eight straight days where I have done 20 squats, 20 push-ups, 20 sit-ups, and at least two laps to and from the bus stop since, uh, oh God, like last Saturday at least. So it's definitely been an experience in and of itself. So my body has felt like it's, (laughs) it literally feels like that it's kind of eating itself. In terms of the muscles and everything else, like, things are burning. It's like, I'll tell you what. I've exercised before, but I've never had the sensation of walking and all of a sudden just feeling your muscles kind of, like, get off this sort of, like, heated feeling. Like, you're kind of wearing a thermal blanket. (laughs) Kind of like if you're wearing, like, one of those, like, warm wool blankets and you turn on the little dial and stuff and everything just starts heating up your body. That feels good. Yeah. Yeah. That type of feeling actually happened to be quite a few times this week, and it was so weird. <laughs> but uh, other than that, though, yeah, I celebrated a birthday this yeah. week. So yeah, Colonel Gables actually celebrated his thirtieth year on the planet Earth. Oh yeah, that is, that is just something. That was just something to cause for celebrations yeah. yesterday. Lots of my coworkers wish me happy birthday and all this other stuff. My mom made me this big old chocolate cake. It, it was it was a fun day. Friday the 13th, be damned, it was a fun day. Very nice. <laughs> so anyway, how have you been, Tyler? Uh, doing all right. Uh, still really busy with work, all that fun jazz. Uh, uh, mine, mine's a little bit opposite in the, in the fact that all three of our dogs, I told you before the show, have a bacterial infection in their intestine. Uh, so all three at the same time all week have uh, very disgusting diarrhea. So that's Ugh. fun, you know. After you get off work and you find uh, you you find piles of uh, diarrhea everywhere, especially when, <laughs> especially when one's like sixty two pounds. Uh, you always know which one's his. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> you never mistake it for any other dogs when you have one that's like thirteen pounds and one that's twenty four pounds. And you got one that's sixty two pounds. So um, gone through a lot of toilet paper. Uh, lots of scrubbing of floors. My favorite part is when I think it's all finally done after like 50 minutes of uh, scrubbing, and then I, I go to top in the shower, and then I find uh, like two more piles randomly somewhere else in the Aww. house. That's always fun. But uh, <laughs> they're getting better now, so that's good. They all got put on this special like uh, prescription canned food, which I didn't even know was a thing. Uh, and they all got to take medication, so yeah. Though they're a little upset because in the morning we always give them canned food and they love it, uh, and they're not allowed to have any other food but the prescription stuff. So um, yeah, he was a little upset with me because like, hey, they said it's basically like chicken broth for uh, dogs. Is what, is what the lady said at the vet. 
so when they go from eating turducken uh, food every day to eating chicken broth, they were a little, they're a little upset. But you know, <laughs> they'll thank me. It's like it's like if we ate Taco Bell every day. That's how they that's how they've been for a while. So now we're gonna give them something healthy here. Um, but other than that, doing okay. Um, nothing really exciting going on in my world, uh, other than you know cleaning up poop. Uh, one highlight of the week probably. Um, but no, this is the uh, Drunk Nerds podcast. We're talking about video games, uh, so I think we should jump on into that Gables. Um, okay. I really haven't played anything. I guess we can just cover that really fast for me. Uh, I've been I've been playing. I've been. Chipping away at Far Cry 5 a little bit more. My, my, my main issue right now is obviously with work being busy. Um, Far Cry 5, the problem with I like that game a lot. Um, but the issue is, is like that's one of those games like to really get something done, you need to play it for at least an hour. Um, and trying to find like an hour straight where I can just sit there and just play it um, without any other distractions um, has been really difficult. So I've, mo- I've mostly been playing it in like 30, 40 minute increments, and, and this game, and I talked about last week with like all like you get all the people bombarding you constantly, enemies everywhere, um, that it's kind of difficult, and I'm spending a lot of time with loading screens because loading screens are pretty bad. Uh, so uh, it's been difficult really getting anything really accomplished. Or when I do play for that time period, it's like it's just like ah, I didn't really do anything there. I feel like I almost feel like I wasted my time. I did like like small little things that like small yeah. incremental changes that really didn't uh, grand scheme of things didn't do a whole lot. Um, so it's been kind of tough getting into that game, uh, like picking up like my like, ah, just like there's especially with like you know I got like a bunch of TV shows that I'm trying to wa- I want to watch and uh, things like that. So a lot of different things where I am, have free time that uh, it's like hey I can I can play this game for 30, 40 minutes and get nothing accomplished. Or I can watch, you know, uh, another episode of All In about the Michigan Wolverine football team or Supernatural, whatever. So it's like, I, you know, I'm trying to like, yeah, just, I don't know. So basically just trying to like, I can I can knock this episode out and get caught up on this TV show or play 30 minutes of this game and do nothing. So I've been kind of leaning more towards video, uh, like television uh, for entertainment uh, side of things right now. So... I really haven't played anything else other than a few hours of Far Cry 5. Um, plus this week with, with wrestling, we talked about last week. Good God. Uh, <laughs> uh, between uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, just an ex- or just WWE alone, that was 10, 11... 14, 16, 7, over 17 hours of television in a five-day span uh, that Oof. they had going on. So um, that kind of took up most of my free time uh, that I had as far as, like, you know, like not really, you know, yeah, free time, but yeah. So kind of another reason why I get a lot of gaming done this week. Uh, obviously, God of War comes out next week, so we'll be planning on jumping into that. It's getting amazing reviews. Uh, IGN gave it a 10. I think it's like one of like their 13th or 14th games that we're going to 10. Uh, I think uh, GameSpot gave it a 9 out of 10 or 9.5 out of 10 or something like that. So I'm definitely, I've been more, I'm even more excited about that game than I was before. Uh, but that's, yeah, like I said, that's all I've been playing. Uh, what about you, Gables? Well, like with usual, I have been playing a hell of a lot of Pokemon games. 
Now, from the last time that we've met together, I started talking about Pokemon Platinum with a lot of the team elements that I've done that I was right towards, like the Victory Row and all this other stuff. Well, later on after we got done recording, I started to play a little bit more, and I got it to a point where I went through the whole Victory Road stuff. Definitely was better in terms of the quality of the thing in general, as, composed, as compared to, say, Pokemon Emerald and, like, uh, the other previous Pokemon games. So, Sunday, I went forth and I started to go through a bunch of the Elite Four and the Champion stuff. Oh my gosh. I'll tell you what. This was an interesting experience. I had bought a ton of like, like health replenishing items because my team was underleveled going into the Elite Four and the Champion stuff. <laughs> so I basically went through and I survived battle after battle. Let's see. I ended up beating, let's see, the bug type user Aaron or something like that with a couple Pokemon to spare. Went through... Uh, Let's see, the Earth-type trainer, is he Bertha, her name was. Old Lady uses a bunch of ground-type Pokemon. And I had, like, a few Pokemon left as well, and then, like, a Flint, the Fire-type, like, user. He was kind of a little bit of a challenge, because he had... He had this Infernape, this Fire-type Pokemon that was extremely fast, so that could hit hard with Flare Blitz and all the other stuff. Then the last member of the Elite Four, his name is Lucian, runs all these psychic types and uh, trying to take out his Bronzong, which was like a combination of steel, psychic type, like uh, typing. Incredibly hard to get out if you don't have, say, fire type moves or any type of dark type moves at all on your team. But uh, as usual, kind of like with my playthrough of Pokemon Diamond last year, Cynthia, obviously the, uh, the champion of the Sinnoh region, definitely the biggest pain in the ass. Now, the reasoning why it's a big pain in the ass is because she has her team upwards to the late 50s into the mid-60s. So, you have her Garchomp, which is like about 62, 63, trying to dominate your entire team, which my team was like in their mid-late 40s, I believe. Yeah, no, actually, I got them up to 50 before I even started the Elite Four and Champion Challenge. So, I went through and we... Traded back and forth. I had to battle her, I think, twice because of, uh, well, let's just say she kind of overwhelmed me at, near the end of that battle. But I managed to figure out a way to beat her by basically <laughs> using an old technique I used to use as a kid where I would waste the amount of power points a Pokemon has in a move by using a bunch of revives and a bunch of health replenishing items. And that way they would switch to another move and I would try to trap them inside of like a specific Pokemon set, like combo strategy that I would have. And so that's how I took out her Garchomp, which led me to a one-on-one -on -one battle between my Garchomp, Nova, versus her Togekiss. Now since this is way before the whole fairy typing stuff, back in like X and Y, so Togekiss is like a normal flying type, meaning I had to try to make sure that I was not locked into some sort of, like, uh, like, paraflinch sort of thing. Because the whole thing about Togekiss, her Togekiss has Serene Grace, which makes it so when you use a move, like, say, Thunder Wave or whatsoever, it, the effect of a status move is more highly, like, increased, if I remember correctly, which means that there is a lot more, you know, secondary effects 
go into effect quicker. So there's a possibility that, say, your Pokemon that gets affected by it could be either something for paralysis or if she uses a move that would cause a flinch, it would be more likelier to happen. It was a pretty good strategy in the competitive scene back in Gen 4 and also, like, Gen f 5, I want to say. But uh, after a struggle, I went through and I had beat her Togekiss. And, uh, yeah, I beat Platinum. The very next, the very, like, next uh, instance, I think it was later on that Sunday, I started Pokemon Black. Now, Pokemon Black was a game when I first played back, when it first released around 2010... I really liked the story. I really liked the elements of there being a brand, just a whole brand new set of Pokemon. You don't have access to the older ones. You just basically have their new set that they've developed. So from what Game Freak introduced and stuff, you had the options to pick these specific types of Pokemon that you could use, you could train, blah, 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 blah. What I'm kind of finding out is there are plenty of Pokemon in Gen 5 that, uh, well, they're kind of funny in terms of... Uh, Usability. There are plenty of stinkers that I personally have seen that I would not even bother using. Like, say, like Stunfisk, who is this sort of a combination of a flat-faced fish that's like part ground-type and I think part electric-type that somehow swims in the water, if I'm not mistaken. It's kind of weird. But you've seen, like, some of the Pokemon that have come around the internet. Like, the whole thing about Trubbish, the garbage bag, and his evolution, the... Exploding garbage bag known as Garbodor. What the fuck, man? <laughs> and then you have like Pokemon, let's see, like uh, Vanillite. Yeah, yeah. And it's evolutions like Vanillish and then Vanillux, which is basically an ice cream cone that's evolved into an ice cream sundae. Oh, I thought it was like and... a Vanilla Ice one. And then like, he was like, Vanilla Ice the rapper. Then he was Vanilla Ice the uh, the uh, heavy metal guy. And then Vanilla Ice the felon. Okay, never mind. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, there are some fun basic designs that are inside this game, but at the same time, there are plenty of creatures I would probably not even want to use because not only are their movesets poor, but they don't really have that great of designs, in my personal honest opinion. But from what I've done is I chose my grass starter, Snivy, which I gave him the nickname of Slithers. Why? Because why not? So there's Slithers, the Snivy, then I caught myself a Lily Pup, which uh, I've nicknamed Iggy. This is based in reference to an anime that I had watched previously over the past couple months. Like uh, I think it was like season three of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. For those who know what I'm talking about, kudos to you, because that is a good reference. <laughs> but, um, yes, there's that. Plus I have a, let's see, I've caught a Pokemon. Its name is Sock. S-A-W-K. It is basically a martial artist fighting type kind of Pokemon. It has a counterpart to it called Throw, which Sock, he is blue. He has the ability Sturdy, which means he can't be one... He can't be like... Uh, all of his HP pretty much can't be depleted all at once, so if he's hit with a super effective move and stuff and it was going to KO him, he'll hang on with like maybe a one HP left. Let's see, there's him. I gave him the nickname of Jiren. Let's, I'm trying to think of what else did I do. Oh, yes, I got a Ponpour that I had gotten from, like, uh, near the first gym of Black. And I gave him, well, him or her, I believe, the nickname. Phew. Oh, man, now I'm starting to fade on nicknames. <laughs> well, it's common. 
whenever I go through a Pokemon game and I started naming my party a whole bunch of different characters or something, it really just uh, goes through and just draws a blank. <laughs> but uh, I did that, plus I went forth and I caught a little crocodile, a little, a little a ground crocodile, hmm. which I gave him the nickname, uh, let's see, Brenda. I actually <laughs> gave her the nickname of Brenda. <laughs> And so I, I also caught this little Pokemon called uh, P-Dove. It basically is a pigeon Pokemon, right? It's a female pigeon Pokemon, and I gave her the nickname of Dude. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, does, that's right. Does, the name... does it abide? Well, she certainly does abide, and she definitely does transport me to and from towns very easily, so <laughs> the dude abides. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember the nickname of the little pom- little pompor that I had. Then. His name is Mr. Teeny. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't get that reference, Mr. Teeny from The Simpsons, Moe's monkey that would do knife fights. <laughs> so, with that ragtag group, I basically had myself a pretty fun time playing through Pokemon Black. Currently, I have evolved all of them, except for the P Dove. Obviously, Dude is just there for fly me places. And, uh,. I have gotten all eight badges. In the span of a week, I've gotten all eight badges. I have battled a bunch with both of the rival characters. Because inside Pokemon Black and White, you start the journey with two other friends that become rivals and this this and that and stuff. And throughout that journey, you meet like this, uh, this team of Pokemon Liberators, they call themselves, Team Plasma, led by... Uh, led by these crazy people called, like, the Seven Sages and stuff like that, headed by this dude called Getsus and stuff, along with their king or something like that, N, gives himself a nickname for. It all deals with, like, a story that's sort of, like, more in-depth than previous Pokemon games, where it just talks about, like, how Pokemon are used, like, in terms of, like, say, oppressed and all this other stuff, and it's kind of, it's kind of like a weird kind of dark topic, for a kid's game, but at the same time, it actually feels a lot more fleshed out in terms of the way you think about it philosophically. It's like, are these people actually going forth and uh, capturing Pokemon, you know, just to use for just battles only? Or are they actually friends with them? It's like, yeah, it's it's definitely something to think about. And I, like I said before, when I played through the first time, I really liked how different it was. So, uh, one last thing I do like about playing Pokemon Black is unlike previous games, when you use a TM, it does not run out. No, it has unlimited uses. I forgot about this feature and I did not remember it up until today. Because <laughs> <laughs> I opened my TM, like, uh, section of my bag, and I was like, hey, there's a whole bunch of things I could possibly teach my party here. Still. So... As it stands right now, I had just got through my last gym battle. Now, the first couple gym battles were easier. Let's see, it wasn't really until the third or fourth. No, no, it was definitely the fourth. Where I was facing off against the Electro-type user, Elisa. I think Elena, I think her name was. Where she used two squirrel Pokemon that are Electro-types, Emolga. Along with her Zebstrika, which is basically an Electric Zebra. The choices for electric type animals for this 
this gym in general just kind of this makes me laugh because basically I'm facing off against two electric squirrels and an electric zebra in terms of like uh, you know just trying to take out trying to get her badge and all this other stuff and with that they use a strategy called volt switch where the move volt switch is a special type move to where if they outspeed you they can go through hit you hard then go switch out to the other one yeah that was an annoying strategy I had to deal with but uh Let's see. The rest of the gyms, with the exception of the very last one, were actually pretty easy. The ground type user clay was pretty easy. Let's see, Skylo was pretty easy because I had my uh, my Stoutland, Iggy, learn uh, Ice Fang through a various way where I go to the specific place to relearn different moves by having things called heart scales or something that you can gather. Yeah, it's it's kind of in-depth in terms of like how you can actually manipulate moves and this and that or remember or forget moves. But uh, that's for another time. <laughs> but uh, let's just say that the last gym battle that I had was against this dragon-type user called Drayden. Now, this gym leader is supposed to be like the toughest one. He has his dragon types, and it's basically set around setup and sweep sort of strategy where he uses his Fracture and his Haxorus to set up with Dragon Dance. What that does is it increases the attack and the speed of its of his Pokemon by one stage. Meaning, I had to go through a scenario where, after one Dragon Dance, he would outspeed my party and try to hit moves, say, like uh, Dragon Tail, or even like uh, Slash first. And depending upon how many times he did Dragon Dance, he could KO my party, say, like with one hit. So I literally had a situation to where I was down one-on-one. My, uh, I had, uh, gosh, I had Jiren versus his Haxorus. Now, I tried using Counter, and I did not realize that the move that he was using, Dragon Tail, had a even slower priority than uh, the move I was using. What I mean by that is there are certain times Pokemon moves have a specific type of priority. Like, for example, if you know the move Extreme Speed, that has a plus two priority. A move like Quick Attack has like a plus one. Of course, some other like moves, say like Water Gun and this, has like a zero sort of priority. But uh, Dragon Tail, I think, has a negative two priority. Whereas Counter, I believe, has like negative one or something like that. It's just sort of weird in terms of like the priority, like hierarchy. But let's just say that it totally disrupted the strategy to where I basically <laughs> lost the battle because of like uh, because of like a couple of miscues that I did. <laughs> but uh, yes, I ended up going through and beating that gym leader by using Iggy and his Ice Fang. So literally, I could say that my dog is a slayer of dragons. Good boy. <laughs> So now I'm at the last portion of the journey for Pokemon Black, to where I'm doing the final confrontations with Team Plasma, and then I have to go through and beat the Elite Four and Champion. That's it. So I am 17 hours into this game since last Sunday. I don't know how I keep finding the time, but my bulk of what I've been doing has been today. So that's all I've been playing. That's cool, man. (laughs) So what you got after black and white, you're going to have, is that when X and Y comes into play? 
Actually, no. I would still be in Generation 5 because there's a sequel to Pokemon Black and White. Black 2 and White 2. <laughs> okay, then it's uh, X and Y? Exactly. All right, cool. Yes. Nice. All right, cool, man. Um, what? Okay, that's pretty much all I've been playing then this week, so... Um, let's jump into some of the news. So, not a lot of not a lot of news, but uh, a couple of pretty big items, I think, out of, coming out of it. So, um, I'm going through the smaller one first here. But, uh... So, we both actually own the uh, Season Pass, or Expansion Pass, whatever you want to call it, for Destiny 2. Well, yes. um, they actually gave uh, came out and gave us a release date for the uh, for the second pack. The first pack came out, I think, in like December. Um, it is called mm-hmm. Warmind. Officially launches on Tuesday, May 8th. Hey, that's the day after my birthday. Um, there you go. Yep, so uh, that's a shitty present from Bungie. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll get more details on April twenty fourth, uh, and then they're doing the seasons right now. So like everything else that's like a games as service uh, going on, they'll have seasons. So season three will also begin on that day. Um, they'll bring new bounties, uh, new seasonal events, uh, faction rally improvements, uh, changes to exotic armor, a lot of stuff. I don't understand, but one of the things they said they're going to add is uh, a bigger vault so you can carry more stuff around. Um, so that's nice. They're gonna make some changes to Crucible, so uh, which is the PvP mode. But um, I guess my question to you, really, Gables, is you played it a lot more of Destiny Two than I did. Um, yes. Are you uh are are you kind of? I mean, obviously we don't really know anything about this, but I imagine we'll get more missions stuff like that. But um, are you interested in going back into Destiny Two? Am I interested at the current moment? Not right now, but give or take a month from now, we'll see where we're at. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, I'm going to say, but I actually haven't even finished the first pack. I need to go back into that. We haven't even finished Temple of Osiris, honestly. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. <laughs> is that what it's called? Yes, yeah, so I think I've done like one mission of the Temple of Osiris, and that was it. Okay, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even think I actually even started it. So, uh, I, I did some of the stuff after the game and started doing some side stuff, but uh, kind of yep. fell out of it after that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it's yeah, it'll be, it'll be kind of time will tell. Obviously, right now you know, we don't know details. We'll find out in a couple of weeks what it is. So I guess we'll kind of come back to this a couple of weeks. But I thought, like, oh, cool, we haven't heard about Destiny for a while. Uh, so, um, people are still pissed about Destiny too. So that's still a thing. I found that out going going off Twitter. The Destiny fans are not happy about Destiny. Um, so hopefully this will change some people's minds. Uh, but next thing, and I think this is pretty big. Um, but so Jason Schreier, I've talked about before, uh, from mm-hmm. Kotaku, he is like the king of getting like leaks and scoops and stuff like that. Uh, yes. So while he was writing an article about Hangar 13, who made Mafia 3 and all the issues they've been having since Mafia 3, uh, with making uh, trying to make Mafia 4 game and then making a, I think it was like a, a spy game and uh, that scrapped. Uh, while he was working on that behind the scenes stuff, he found out that there is a secret studio codenamed Parkside, um, which is a project uh, said to be uh, doing the next Bioshock game. Um, huh. Yeah, so according, I guess, to the reports, uh, it is uh, top secret. Uh, it's a very small team right now. Uh, they're trying to... It's super, like I said, or super early in development. Um, and I guess people from Hangar 13 have been trying to get over to that, that team to work on the new, um, new uh, Bioshock game. Uh, so, 
yeah so like i said the early 2013 or i'm sorry early development but um 2k came out uh at the end of the year last year after um q3 i believe of 2017 um doing their um share reporting for the stock market uh and they said there is a big game uh big ip with the new game coming out before march 31st 2019 uh so that kind of started people were like speculating that's what it was um but from the sounds of this maybe that's not what it is who knows though um but i know gables you play some bioshock games um uh, are you are you ready for a new bioshock honestly i am definitely in the mood for some more bioshock i mean i've never beaten the original or the second i've only beaten bioshock infinite but I would love to see a new game in the series, even though it's without the lead influences behind the game in general, like Ken Levine and like uh, that whole studio that yeah. made those games. Irrational games. With, but Irrational games, yes. Have not heard that company name in such a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I would like to see what direction they would take, because Bioshock Infinite, at the end of it, sort of alluded to the fact of... Uh, there'd be multiple universes inside this world where it's like there's always a lighthouse and there's always this and that, you know. Spoilers yeah. for a game released in 2012. But, um, yeah. I'm game. Yeah, me, we'll see what happens. Me too. Uh, you know, it's something we, I remember we talked about years and years ago in the beginning of the show when the whole, it was like not too long after uh, Infinite came out, but like Ken Levine basically uh, shut down Irrational Games and then they're going to start making different games and all the people got yep. let go and it was really kind of really sucked um and it, obviously the you know we haven't heard anything since the game came out uh five years ago um and we haven't heard a peep of anything about that game or about that franchise other than the yeah they released that collection a couple of years ago and it was great going back and playing bioshock one and infinite again um but yeah i, I don't know i mean you know, I'm, I'm curious because, like, I remember Bioshock Two came out, and now it was like, "Ooh, we got, we got, you know, pounce on this." I think it came out like a year and a half or so after um, Bioshock One came out, and uh, it was okay. It was fine. It was whatever. Um, right. You know, it was. I think it's one of those games. Like, if you like Bioshock, definitely play it. But it's, you know, it's still, in a lot of ways a completely different game. Uh, so it's gonna be kind of interesting because um, we've seen what happens when Ken Levine and the Rational Games aren't uh, working on this. Uh, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, I think I am definitely ready and especially for a year or two out from seeing anything or even playing this game. Uh, I mean, I think we'll be more ready. I think, I think I mean, it's going to be five or six years, uh, since we've played, oh, it's already been five years, so six or seven years by the time, uh, this game comes out. Uh, so that gap will, I think we'll all be fiending, uh, to play that game. So. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's it's a it was a great franchise, and it sucked that it you know it's been uh, the the team is gone, the group of people that make that franchise what it was is gone. But uh, I don't know. At the same time, it could be fun to see uh, some fresh faces, fresh people working on this game. So yeah, I'm definitely excited. I'm just happy to see uh, uh, hear that it's it's coming back. It's been too long. Yeah. Um. I don't. I wouldn't. I don't. Doesn't sound like we're gonna hear anything at E3. Uh. But uh. You know, especially I, I think this is the year we're gonna hear about Borderlands three, um, but yeah, I don't know, maybe, I so. maybe next year. Uh, but speaking of uh, you know, kind of 2019, 2020 things, uh, so some rumors came out about PS five. I'm not ready for this, Gables. 
I'm not ready to be talking about PlayStation 5 already, but we are now. Um, so I guess there were some rumors that the PS5 was going to come out in 2019, and uh, I didn't even know about this. But I mean, inside inside the you know uh, kind of uh, the the industry, there was a lot of rumors that were coming out in 2019. But now it sounds like it's being put. The PlayStation 5 is being pushed back to 2020. No real detail details other than that. But um, other than sounds like backwards compatibility for PS4 games. Uh, will be a thing, so that's that's great to hear. But uh, well, I would expect that to be this case, yeah. Considering that uh, Sony was very adamant about not having backwards compatibility support for digital purchases for the PS3 era, or even like the physical discs, I'm still sore about that. Yeah, because yeah. I had fifty something fucking games, and along with digital stuff, but not able to play on the PS4 was a huge reason of why I was so slow to try to pull the trigger on the PS4. Yeah. Uh, initially yeah especially you know because like uh i mean with with what uh microsoft's done with the xbox with the whole backwards about they've killed it and we don't they've never released numbers they never said anything about playstation now um so that should tell you i think that should tell you something about where it's at where i think if if it was super successful uh they would be piping a lot more you hear about when like see if these came out uh microsoft was was you know out there with all kind of press releases, uh, gloating about how great Xbox Games Pass has has, has, has been, and then also see if these has been because of that Games Pass. Um, so I think if if that was the case when PlayStation Now came out, you would have heard something at the beginning, which you never heard anything, and it's been out for two three years now, and nothing. So that tells me that it's not. They still they still do a good job of um, updating it every month, and they show a bunch of new games coming out for it, but. Um, yeah, Xbox has been killing him in that part. In that part, so I think this is their way of playing catch up. And at the very least, I think you should be able to play digital games, PS4 games. But um, it'd be nice if we could play uh, disc-based ones too. But um, yeah, it's. I guess I mean since it'll be in 2020, it'll be seven years. But in a weird way, like this generation, it's. It feels like it's flying by, and yes, I mean obviously the last one was ten years, but that's mostly because of like. Uh, we we were kind of going through a pretty rough time in America and, and with uh, a recession and everything, so that's why they kind of they lasted as long as they were almost ten years. And uh, people, it was weird. You know, it was crazy to think people, but at the time, but people really thought that uh, the gaming, the console, home console uh, industry was drying up. And come to find out, it's actually stronger than it ever has been before. Um, especially you know with the Switch out there and uh, the PS4. On pace to be one of the highest selling game, uh, consoles of all time. Same with the Switch. Yeah, too. amazing, right? Yeah, amazing, right? How like people dismiss like something as something archaic or something being totally replaced by digital stuff, and then all of a sudden, all the physical stuff just still remains, and everything else is sort of like as it was. Yeah. Before. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's stronger than ever. And um, sorry, I lost train of thought there. Uh, but I mean, it took a couple years to really get into its groove and I've talked about um, in the past before but like the first couple of years of the generation there was a couple of good games out there but they were also on the old old console uh, like 2013 was a pretty down year really or no 2013 was actually a good year uh, that's when like Last of Us and Bioshock came out but uh, 2014 was a really down year I mean uh, yep. I mean like we got some we got like a lot of sequels and um, no real big great exclusive games but that was like Infamous Second Son and Titanfall 1 came out 
And there was like those yeah. Like the... Plus we had we had the odd games, say like uh, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, which took Game of the Year honors from like a couple different retailers. Yeah. Where any other year past that, it wouldn't even be inside the top five. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'd be a second. It was a second tier game, really, and that was for a lot of people. That was one of their favorite games of the year. I mean, that, we we talked about like that. I mean, I've thought about that game that year back in the day. It's like if it wasn't for Nintendo and uh, like indie games, that would have been a, a terrible year. Uh, when yep. I think like Outlast was our number two games this year that year. I don't remember what my game was. Yeah, Outlast was our surprise hit yeah. back from then. Plus X and Y, Pokemon X and Y, yeah. I think was a major thing too. No, it was 2013. Because, like you were saying. It was 2013. Yeah, 2013. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, but yeah, like 2015 was more of the same. It got better, but there's some good stuff in there. Um, I mean, Metal Gear Solid Five was out there. That's the best one of the best games of all time. But um, 2016 and 17 really feel like. Um, it hit its groove for this this generation. Like yes. 2016, we got Doom, Uncharted Four, um, and then 2017 obviously was one of the greatest years of all time in gaming. And yes. I think we're kind of seeing that a little bit where like everything came out in 2017. We're not seeing a whole hell of a lot this year, uh, or at least hearing about what's coming. But um, I think it's we're finally in. It feels like like it took going back to what I was saying about you know, people thought the generation's dead. It, everybody was a couple years behind. Uh, on making big games for these consoles, especially exclusives, and uh, it took a little bit to get there. We finally get there, and it feels like we're, we're hitting that stride. Um, and maybe in twenty twenty, you know, maybe by twenty nineteen, a year from now, and a year and a half from now, our our thoughts will be different, and we'll be ready for it. Uh, but I feel like we can, you know, make this go a little bit longer. It's PS four still selling extremely well. Uh, we just got the yes. Pro um, in two thousand sixteen. We just got the Xbox One X six months ago. Uh, so, I mean, I guess by then it'll be three, four years when we get new consoles. But I just, I mean, on top of that, like, hey, we got all these great games. They're still selling really well. The consoles are. But what are they going to bring to the table? What's changed in the the tech industry? Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, there's we're not, we're not business people. We don't understand how a lot of stuff works. Like, we didn't, you know, who thought the Switch would be what it was? Nobody did. Um, at least at the level it was, but um, I, I'm just trying to think of what what's the game changer this uh, for next generation. There really wasn't a a big game changer this generation. I, don't, I still don't feel like I feel like adding the Twitch stuff was pretty cool with streaming and sharing was probably the uh, like the new features. Obviously, the online being better. Uh, this was I think this was big for PlayStation with like the online store and how the user face works. But uh, I think the the sharing with your friends and Things like that's been really cool, and digital stuff uh, has been great. But I just honestly I don't know what, the, what they'll be in the grand scheme of things. There has been really there has been fewer elements that has made something a complete game changer, unlike last generation. And honest to God, like my honest opinion, I feel this generation is sort of continuation from last generation, to where things are improved upon incrementally. There are elements to stream to different like uh, different places, Twitch, YouTube, this and that and stuff. You have elements where you can go through and like make your own content, upload it to the internet, yeah. and then various other stuff. But the only thing I could really think that may be potentially something that may happen in the next generation is the amount of accessibility for the way you play. And then it's like the way you basically go through... And enjoy your content. We're seeing hints already, you know, like say with the Nintendo Switch having like all the accessibility stuff between portable and this and that. Gaming pretty much involves 
it evolves as uh, much as the consumer goes through and like uh, their way of use. So a lot of the trends we could actually track forward, you know, is comes from Japan because Japan technic- technologically sometimes I've heard people say is like maybe five, sometimes ten years ahead of the curve when it comes to like specific things, mm-hmm. like hearing stories from like people who worked at IGN that they when they visit over like uh, 2005 or 2004. And seeing all like uh, seeing the people on their the Japanese subways on their phones and this and that and just looked like it was kind of a bizarre thing, and then like having things like that happen like years later in America and this and that. Yeah. But uh, that's just a specific niche example. But in form of a video game sort of landscape, people are as busy now as they have been over the past five ten years. So in order to adjust to that type of a mind frame considering people like us work maybe 40 to like 80 hours a week to some extremes to make ends meet our downtime is pretty much the most important thing that we can possibly get Mm -hmm. so anytime we can actually go forth and have like easy more easier access to games say like enjoying the favorite content from say like a playstation or nintendo say on the go or something like that is very vital I mean, we got elements like that for our phone games. Nintendo Switch does its fair share of bringing console-like quality games on the go. I think we're more or less going to see natural ways in which Sony, Microsoft, maybe even Nintendo 2 does their own contents upon like different types of accessibility methods through subscription costs and through this and that. There will be consoles, obviously, but it's it's... Just not, like, one concrete thing. I could just see, like, multiple different types that where it could go. But, honest to God, it's like, I don't really see the next generation just coming anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, like you were mentioning before, Tyler, the PlayStation 4 has a huge install base now. And the Switch just came out, like, over a year ago. And there are so many gamers going through and trying to, like, indulge inside the content and the multiple quality first party games all the good indie games and stuff it's absolutely too soon to release a next generation i personally would not see anything like this maybe until like 2020 or 2021 and even so the playstation 4 xbox one the quality first party content has just started hitting its stride it's a lot slower in terms of what happened, say, with the PS2, Xbox, GameCube, but even to a certain extent, the PS3 and Xbox 360 and Wii generations, to where it's like, we had major games that came out in those spans of those like first like couple years and stuff, but with this generation, it's like what you were saying before, it did not really start hitting its stride until 2016 for a lot of the companies, for a lot of their systems. So... Yeah, that's how I feel about it. You know, it's like it's too early for another generation and it's really up in the air in case of what may happen in terms for that next incremental upgrade or next incremental thing that's going to be the next big thing for gaming. Yeah, you know? I mean, like the Switch was a game changer and I mean, they had a, and it, it, it not saved the company, but in a way it saved, you know, Nintendo for, yeah. I, mean, they, I don't know who they could afford another big, you know, another Wii U, but... um yeah, I mean, I don't really know. What, I mean, if they went the the kind of make it like a the on the go and home console thing, it's just you know it's not going to be a selling point, a major selling point maybe uh, to people because it's like oh, I just do what Nintendo's doing. So um, it's yeah, I mean, obviously we're, there's a lot of people, smarter people out there than us that know how to 
that know, know what they're doing. Uh, but I'm just yeah. trying to like things that are, that are you know out front and center, like things I wish my console could do that uh, it doesn't do already. I can't think of anything. You know, like it was cool back in the day with like 360 and early generation, and with this early generation where it's like as Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff on it and YouTube, and it's like now it's like. Every I have like ninety devices that I can use. Yeah, have all that. that's I have a, the thing. Everybody has smart TVs. Or everybody bought bought a TV in the last few years. Has a smart TV, so I was like, I no longer have to be on my PlayStation Four uh, all the time. You know, five six hours more a day than I want to be to stream things because now I can just do it on my TV, which is great. So I now that way, every, but exactly, it just feels like sort of like a stagnation of a lot of the different technological advancements you know because almost everything now is an all-in-one device yeah but i guess the, the other point is that sometimes they gotta like tell me why i want this thing so uh, exactly so maybe that's one of the, be, yeah i don't know um i'm obviously i'm definitely cu- curious to hear what it is i, I felt i kind of felt this way when the 360 and ps3 were near the end generation i was like i'm not ready to, for this generation to be over and I'm, I'm cool with what it is but then i mean we're at the point now where i mean who knows but by then and then what they when they show us what they got I'm like, it could very well change my opinion so i'm i'm obviously probably gonna buy one as long as i can afford it i'm gonna buy one a ps5 or whatever the next xbox whoever has the best selling points um yeah i'm gonna buy one when they, when they come out but uh mostly because i'm an idiot but whatever uh that's another story for another time <laughs> and you guys should know that by now you've listened long enough um but you know what i think that's gonna wrap up the show this week gable's a little bit of a short one this yeah. week but not a lot going on but uh, hopefully next week we'll have some uh some uh, God of War will be out so we'll have a pretty awesome game to talk about it sounds like oh yeah that's definitely so yeah so uh, but thank you guys for listening if you want to hear more from us we have a Facebook page group Drunkenness Podcast uh, follow us uh, follow or like and uh, join us on there sorry on Twitter follow us there at Drunkenness Pod uh, Twitch uh, Drunkenness Podcast follow us on there and uh, give us a send a friend request like friends friends are good and then on YouTube Drunkenness Podcast subscribe to us there and give us a big thumbs up podcast goes on there also I forgot iTunes uh, subscribe to us in there as well. Leave a five star review for us. Leave a comment. We'd really appreciate it. More people that uh, like our videos on YouTube and uh, give us five star reviews on iTunes. The more people that can see us, which is great, that will grow our audience. And maybe one day we'll get paid for doing this. Uh, but <laughs> hopefully, yeah, eh, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks you guys for listening. Uh, I was your host, I was Tyler, and I have been Colonel Gables. So until next week, everyone, just remember life goes on. The beat goes on. Play yourself plenty of games. Enjoy your life. And don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone. Good night, everyone. Hey, Gables, before we go out, too sweet. Too sweet, dude. Boys!